When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. This is our signing day special coming up here in mere moments. Chad McKee and Toby Rowland will take you through the class. I had a chance to sit down with a couple of the assistant coaches to give you some perspective, and we'll bring you that one-hour show here commercial-free coming up in moments. And Again, you might see when you downloaded it about, what, maybe two hours total, hour and 50 minutes or so, but this is somewhat a segmented podcast because as soon as the audio from the TV show wraps up and all the interviews with the coaches and Toby and Chad's perspective, then you'll have the unfiltered press conference from Lincoln Riley and Alex Grinch. So a commercial-free audio edition of our signing day recap show and then the raw audio from the Lincoln Riley and the Alex Grinch podcast Well, coming up here in moments. As always, thank you for downloading. We appreciate it. Uh, I have every single assistant coach talking about every single new addition to their class that we're going to drop tomorrow here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. So as this comes out late on a Wednesday night into Thursday, uh, thanks to the hard work of Matt Archibald, uh, Toy Kukowski in the digital department, we have all of the coaches' individual breakdowns of the guys that signed with them. So we'll have that in a separate podcast coming up tomorrow. And as I promised, no game this Saturday. It's the start of bowl season but we will have commercial-free from start to post-game finish the Big 12 championship game. Hope you enjoy. And hope you enjoy this, our signing day special here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. 
Why come here? Why not? The tradition here speaks volume. We win. We win and we're good at it. The winning culture around here, you come here and make big plays. We win championships. Um, we're competing for a national championship every year. You know, we have the best offensive line coach in the country. The offensive line you, you know, OLU. But if you really seize every opportunity, seize the moment, you're going to definitely reap the benefits. That's all your DNA. Five straight Big 12 championships, three consecutive appearances in the college football playoff, and the Oklahoma Sooners reaping the benefits of their work on the field. Welcome into the Sooners football signing day special presented by Express Employment, putting a million people to work. Putting Toby Rowland to work, I'm Chad McKee today. Good to have you alongside. Good to be employed, Chad. Think of how recruiting has changed over the years. Uh, hashtag 20 deep, this year's mantra, this year's hashtag, this year's slogan, and the Sooners branding each individual player, virtual reality around the country to learn about this signing class. Dare to be different is the theme of this signing class, and the Sooners are different from everybody else as far as recruiting is concerned, Toby. It's been a good day. It's been amazing, again, what they have done as you're talking about with the uh, social media team and the recruiting team, I think uh, not just us, but the nation now can't wait to see what Oklahoma does on signing day. And uh, everybody's still trying to, I think, figure it out a little bit today. It's awesome what they put out there. But the story of this signing class, in my opinion, is the trenches. I think on both the offensive line and the defensive line, Oklahoma had a banner day. Bill Biedenboe, the Joe Moore award-winning offensive line coach of a year ago, signing five on this national letter of intent signing day. It is a much ballyhooed and heralded class. As things got started very early, of course, on national signing day, you got the guys on the East Coast who send their intentions in at 7 a.m. Eastern, which is 6 a.m. <coughs> Central time. It was Shane Witter, linebacker from Burlington, North Carolina, and then a couple of guys from out Maryland way and Anton Harrison and A.J. Parks on the offensive line yeah the offensive line signees started rolling in early they picked up the uh, McGinnis linebacker and Brendan Walker he goes about 6 3 245 Andrew Rain, big time signee out of Broken Arrow High School wide receiver Brian Darby Nate Anderson another big time offensive lineman out of Frisco defensive back uh, Devon Graham and then Mikey Henderson out of St. Louis got a chance to be the next great H-back Jalen Conyers, the number one tight end recruit in the country. Then one of those junior college defensive tackles. In fact, both of them you see right there, Joshua Ellison and Perion Winfrey, with a chance to contribute. In all likelihood, immediately, defensive line was very good for the Sooners, but they'll lose as many as five guys to graduation, including Neville Gallimore. Back-to-back -back Noah's, Nelson, and Arinze, <laughs> and then a very good wide receiver in Trey West from Arlington, Texas, Toby. Yeah, and don't forget Marvin Mims there as well. Uh, Marvin Mims, uh, the all-time leading receiver in, in the nation. So, outstanding class for Oklahoma, uh, and I'm not sure, well, I'm, I absolutely know that they are not done yet. Andrew Rame kind of highlighting things on the offensive line along with Nate Anderson. A banner day for offensive line coach Bill Biedenboe, who is with Chris Plank. Signing day coverage continues. We're joined by Bill Biedenboe and the Sooner offensive line. Adam, uh, a very large class here this year, and Coach, congratulations. Uh, first and foremost, when you have the Joe Moore winners, award winners, when you watch the NFL on Sunday, we see a lot of your guys. How has that really helped to benefit you whenever you hit the recruiting trail? Oh, I think it's obviously huge. I mean, most of these kids that you're recruiting, actually all of them that we're recruiting, you know, they want to play at the highest level possible. Obviously, they're doing that here in college, and then, 
you know, just showing that you can, um, you know, play at a high level after here and get to the NFL. Well, let's get after some of the guys that are on the list, including Nate Anderson, big kid out of Rick Reedy High School. And uh, <laughs> right off the bat, you see that power of Nate Anderson. What caught your eye with him, Coach? You know, the thing caught my eyes was his athleticism the first time that um, I watched his tape. He was a tight end two years ago. They moved him to offensive line. Um, he was a little bit undersized two years ago as a junior, um, but very, very athletic. He finished, played hard, played physical. You know, obviously, as you can see him right here, he pulls a bunch, which we do. Um, you know, and he's a great kid, really, really smart kid. He was a kid that, you know, could got, could have gotten out mid-year but decided to stay, So, um, which we fully support him in that. And he'll, he's going to be a really good player for us. I think he can play. He's like a lot of these other kids. He can play multiple positions, so uh, really excited about him. Uh, and I'll add this, too. Was active on social media and recruiting as well. So this is a kid that not only came in, Coach, but really embraced that and wanted to bring more guys with him. Yeah, no doubt, and I think a lot of these guys have in our whole class. You know, he was a kid that, um, you know, we kind of got on, I wouldn't say late, but late for how recruiting is now, um, you know, just because he wasn't an O-lineman very long. Um, you know, so we got on him, I think, in January, um, and he came up here, I want to say, in April and committed pretty quick after that. So he's a kid that really wanted to be here, and um, obviously, yes, he, you know, he wants to get the best guys around him. Anton Harrison, by way of Archbishop Carroll High School out of Maryland. Uh, again, a versatile kid, right? I mean, where you can play him a little bit of anywhere? Yeah, I think so. He's, he's actually out of D.C., but I, I, I think so. I think, um, you know, I think we've got four guys that I really feel like we can play anywhere on the offensive line. I think they're guys that, are, that can play multiple positions. I think Noah, Noah Nelson's the one that, you know, I think he'll probably, you know, stick to tackle, but I think... You know, these other guys have the ability to play tackle, guard, center their bodies and their athleticism, you know, allows them to do that. So we hadn't really narrowed any positions down for everybody, 100%. Um, Going to get these guys here and kind of, you know, put them in the best position for them to be successful. He is just throwing people around. I think this is some of my favorite tape when we do this, Coach. I know I know some fans like the skill position players. I like to watch these big guys just throw around defensive linemen, and he's got a little bit of a mean streak to him here. Yeah, and that's, that's obviously what we look for. You know, when you see guys really finishing on tape, it's something that <clears throat> hopefully you don't have to teach over and over again. It's something that, uh, you know, they want to do, and um, so now you can really focus on the, you know, the technique and the fundamentals of becoming a good offensive lineman. All right, you mentioned Noah Nelson, big offensive lineman, and as you said, uh, projects as a tackle most likely, right? Yeah, I, I definitely think that's what he's going to play. It's really pretty interesting if you look at his tape. I've never really seen anything like it. This kid's about six eight, <clears throat> but he's got great flexibility. He looks when you watch him there, he looks like he's the shortest guy out there but he's actually the tallest just because he's got such great flexibility. Sometimes he's, where you gotta be careful is these really, really tall guys struggle to bend, but the one thing you can see in how he plays in the pad level and him and his stance, he doesn't you know, struggle to bend and, and he does have really good flexibility. Mm.
impressive. And I would imagine when you see that kind of flexibility, Coach, more than just football, do you see him in other sports or is he just diehard no, football? No, guys? just football. Wow. Yeah, just football. That's the only thing that, um, you know, he was in or that I've seen him in, right. you, know, you know, watch him play. But um, that's really all I need to see. So. <laughs> I love, though, when you watch the film, he looks like the smallest guy. And then does. all of a sudden he gets out of his stance and he's an absolute beast. Well, and he does because he's got great flexibility. That's why it's really kind of deceiving on tape because he is probably right at 6'8". Aaron Parks, another big body coach. You love to bring in these versatile guys, and Parks is no different, is he? Yeah, exactly. I think he's like the you know the other guys that I've mentioned where he's got the um, ability, the talent, the, the smarts to play multiple positions, and that's what we're looking for. You know, you, I mean, there's obviously some guys that kind of get, you know, you know they're going to play one position. Um, but ideally, we'd like to recruit guys that we feel like can play multiple positions. As we saw this year, you know, our depth wasn't great this year. We have had a bunch of injuries, so guys had to move around and they had to be able to play multiple positions. And then, you know, when you recruit guys like that right from the start, it obviously helps. Well, I mean, obviously, we could tell what stands out about Parks just with, with his size and his physicality. But what else caught, kind of caught your eye about this? No, kid? he's a great kid. He's got a great story. Um, you know, had some rough times coming up and, you know, really persevered. And, and I really, really like that about the kid. He's highly motivated. Um, you know, really, you know, lived with his grandmother growing up. And, you know, it, it, he wanted to find something that was going to help him be successful in life. And those are the kids that you really like to recruit and really like to have on your team. Well, let's keep it in Oklahoma. He won a state championship his junior season. His high school coach was an NFL offensive lineman. Tell me, Coach, about Andrew Rame. Yeah, Rame, he's a kid I've been recruiting since he was a freshman. So <laughs> he's really already a part of my family. You know? <laughs> so it's uh, – I, I think this kid as a freshman was one of the most impressive kids I've ever seen. I really have a lot of respect for his high school coach, um, who obviously played in the NFL, and he thinks this is the best one he's been around. And, you know, I tend to agree with that. I mean, great, great family, uh, very, very physical kid. He's coached extremely well. His high school line coach does a great job. So he's going to come in here. He's going to be in here at mid-year. So, um, we're going to, we do know right as of today, we're going to start him probably at guard. Um, I think he's got the ability to play center and tackle. Um, you know, so very, very excited about him. And a guy that was around a lot, you know, again, you, you see guys that come down for games that come down on official visits on game day and coach, as you mentioned, it seems like it's been about four years since he's been on campus. Well, it has been four years. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's why it's, yeah, I mean, it's, been since he was a freshman, you mm. know, so, um, but, you know, he, he grew up wanting to play at Oklahoma, obviously went through the process some and, you know, figure out that this is the best place for him. So, um, you know, very, very excited about him. Is, is he going to try to talk Kale or, or Shane into getting into their room with that, those catch so skills that we saw from to, him? But he's not going to, <laughs> and but you... we may throw it to him like that. We, we do have, we just hadn't done it. We've, we've got a couple of those plays in the, in the playbook, it just hadn't hadn't worked out to where we've called him. Man, it's uh, it's so cool to be able to sit here and finally talk about a guy, coach. And just a final thought on Andrew Rame, who, as you mentioned, you've been recruiting for so long, almost like a part of your family. But it's pretty special whenever you're able to bring in an Oklahoma guy that loves this place so much, isn't it? Oh, no doubt, <clears throat> no doubt. I think that uh, just adds to it. You know what I mean? They really understand, you know, the history and tradition. And all these kids will once they get here. But he's grown up 
living it, you know. So, um, you know, he, he, you know, always wanted to play here, and obviously now it's a dream coming true for him. Well, Coach, another stellar class. Congratulations. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. Good luck in the Peach Bowl. That's All Bill right. Biedenboe. Thank you. Thank you, Chris, and thanks to Bill Biedenboe. The offensive, offensive line outlook, well, it's very good. Creed Humphrey has a bit of a decision to make as far as the NFL draft is concerned, but among regulars on the roster, only Proctor and Woods are gone, and this unit really has come together. Injuries to Swenson and Ely that they had to battle through, but this is a deep room, Toby, that has added five very talented guys. The cupboard has been reloaded <laughs> after yeah. Uh, yeah. they had the uh, big exodus to the NFL draft a couple of years ago, but there will be tremendous competition for playing time because this is a tremendous class of offensive linemen Bill Biedenboe has signed. Gosh, Cody Ford, Orlando Brown, you just go yeah. on down the list Drew of Samia. guys, Drew Samia, that are in the NFL as Sooner offensive linemen, and perhaps some of the five that were signed on this National Signing Day will soon be there as well. This holiday season, find the perfect gift for every Sooner. It's on your wish list, and you can find it at the Sooner Shop, located on the west side of Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium, the official store of Oklahoma Athletics. They have great gear this holiday season, stocking stuff or things to put under the tree from the Oklahoma store right here at Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium. The head coach, Lincoln Riley, joins us next on the Sooners Steining Day Special presented by Express Employment. Thank you to our Cornerstone Television partners, OU Medicine, Anheuser-Busch, and OU Extended Campus, and our community partners, Landers Auto Group, Devon Energy, Coca-Cola, and OU Medicine. We welcome you back into the Sooner Signing Day 2020. Signing Day special is presented by Express Personnel. Alongside Lincoln Riley, I'm Chad McKee as the head coach now joins us to talk about this recruiting class. And you're three for three on college football playoff, Big 12 championship game, and an early signing period, which makes this a trial by fire. You're talking about 10 days removed from a Big 12 championship game, 11 days prior to playing in a college football playoff. So how do you manage it all, and how did this year go for you? It's a, it's a challenge. Uh, you know, you got to have a great plan. You got to have great staff members uh, because it, it really takes everybody to get this done. And uh, it's, it's a fun challenge. And so we've we had a really good plan going in. I think we're able to anticipate some of the challenges this year. The schedule's been much different. But the fact that we have gone through this, like you said, I think helped us. And uh, yeah, it's been you know, it's certainly, you know, signing day has been outstanding and the credit, you know, goes to all our people that have worked so hard, you know, for this day for a long time. As you evaluated this class, positions of need, where you wanted to go, the directions you wanted to take, what were the main mindsets? What were the, the goals you wanted to accomplish? And how did you feel like you, you did with accomplishing those? Well, the, 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 the trenches were, you know, where this thing started. I mean, I think that was the, the biggest areas that we felt like we had to really reload and focus in on. And, Exciting about some of the work that's been done there and some of the players that are that are coming to us, you know, that, that's always a huge part of it. And I think then I would say the other part has been with our new defensive system. Uh, you know, this is really the first year to fully recruit a class, you know, mm -hmm. to, to handpick these guys and try to 
um, you know, try to find the right guys to help our defense continue to take steps like we did this year. And uh, so I think two big focus areas and certainly excited about what we've done so far. Three consecutive appearances in the college football playoff, five straight Big 12 championships. But Calvin Thibodeau said with a top 25 defense now, he said, I have a weapon now to hit people with when I go out on the recruiting trail. What have you noticed over the span and the defensive improvement that's happened? Well, I think people see the trajectory of where we're headed defensively, you know, that they can come to Oklahoma and play for one of the best defenses in the country. And, and in reality, this is a great class, and but it's just a, it's just a start. Yeah. I mean, it's it you know these guys that are that are you know freshmen and sophomores and juniors right now are going to grow up seeing Oklahoma play really really good defense throughout their entire time. So. A great, great start here with this class and, and more good ones to come. Let's talk about some of the particulars. Offensive linemen galore. Five of them, in fact, for Bill Biedenboe, the Joe Moore Award-winning offensive line of last year and showing no signs of letting up. One of them is Andrew Rain. This is a guy from Broken Arrow. I think Coach Stoops, uh, five years ago or so, kind of started initial conversations with him, and you guys have followed through. But a kid you've been in on really since he was a freshman in high school. It's been a long time. Yeah, he's had an impressive career. As you said, at Broken Arrow has been, you know, one of the most dominant players in the state here now for, for multiple years. Um, comes from a great family and uh, has a lot of upside. You know, this is one of those guys you think that could come in and have a chance to, to really make an impact early because he's talented. He's got a great mindset, smart kid, and, uh, you know, he's just uh, I know he's thrilled to be a Sooner, and we're certainly excited to have him. Yeah, he said he's been coming to games since he was a kid. Parents have been bringing him to Norman to watch things. Of course, skill positions, so super important. You get C.D. Lamb as a Bolitnikoff Award finalist this year. D.D. Westbrook winning a Bolitnikoff Award in the past and stocked at wide receiver. But you add a couple more to the cupboard and some very special ones, including Marvin Mims Jr., not just the all-time leading receiver in Texas football history, but nationally. This is a guy with over 5,000 yards. What kind of a special playmaker is this? Yeah, he is. He, he's a special player. He's had a tremendous year, like, as you said. I broke the national uh, single season record this year along with the Texas record. He uh, had an awesome season. Uh, team went all the way to the state semifinals. You know, you're talking about a guy that had well over 2,500 receiving yards, which is which is insane. And uh, he, he's gotten better. You know, we, we got on Marvin last year, really liked the way he was playing. And we always love to see kind of that upward trajectory with guys. Are they continuing to get better even as they get offers or as they get some notoriety? And Marvin certainly played his best ball this year so can run all kinds of different routes he's good after the catch um, very smart kid another one that comes from a great family and, and a tremendous gift for us yeah trey west brian darby to this recruiting class of wide receivers you get the number one tight end in the country in Jalen Conyers. So a group of four playmakers to throw the football to. It is, it is. And with some of the numbers that we've lost, it was important to, to continue to add to that. And uh, yeah, we think we've got four guys with, with different abilities, unique abilities um, that will complement each other and be great, uh, be great additions for us. Flip it over and talk a little bit of defense where you go the junior college route for the two best defensive line junior college recruits in the country and Josh Ellison and then Perion Winfrey was going to be a position of need. Just right. it's a numbers game. You talk about Neville Gallimore, who's an All-American. You lose a Kenneth Mann, Q Overton, Dylan Falmata. So you had a need and it looks like you filled it. Uh, Perion Winfrey, tell us a little bit about this guy. Yeah, Perion jumped jumped on early. That was a guy that really uh, you know had, had a chance to go just about anywhere in the country but came up here and 
fell in love with this place. And then obviously for a junior college player, he's able to see the opportunities with all these guys graduating. And then I think seeing the way our defensive line has been utilized, the way they've played this year has, has made it exciting for him. So very athletic kid, uh, very, very productive from the inside. You know, one of those guys you feel like is going to have a chance to come in and contribute right away. And, and certainly those opportunities are going to be there. Uh, very, very talented and uh, just, just fit everything that we were looking for from that position from a, a size and that athleticism standpoint. So Winfrey and Ellison Junior College guys, you get Noah Orenze out of the state of Missouri. I think he is 6'5", like 260, and Calvin Thibodeau was saying he used to be a hurdler, yeah. athletic dude he's, up there on the defensive he is, line. He is, he is. He's had a, another guy that's had a, a great, great senior year, played some of his best balls. So, yeah, that that class right now is his, obviously was a huge priority and really excited about the ones we added. I think back in the secondary, Coach, in your last two recruiting classes, how many starters you have gotten there? Uh, Delaren Turner-Yell, mm -hmm. Brendan Radley-Hiles a couple of years ago, Pat Fields was in that class as well. You're loaded back at the secondary, but you add Bryson Washington to that group back in the secondary. How'd you get in on him, and where did you feel like he fits in that secondary group? Yeah, he was one of the guys we targeted very early. You know, he had the combination of speed, and then, and then you know, one of our goals has been to continue to get a, a little bit longer in the secondary, and Bryson fits the bill. I mean, he's he's all of six foot two, you know, 185, 190 pounds. Uh, you know, very, very fast player, very physical player. Um, brings a lot of intangibles to the position as well. A smart kid that was one of the guys that became one of the leaders of this recruiting class. I mean, one of those guys that was helping recruit other players. Uh, just, um, you know, he really took it on himself to, to go ahead and start, you know, developing this team around. And so he's been going to be a great player and I feel like a really great leader for us as well. You, you mentioned a leader, a guy who helps recruit other recruits in this class. I know Spencer Rattler was big in last year's class. Was Bryson Washington that guy? Or were there others who helped lead others to Norman too? He was definitely one of them. I, there were several guys in this class that, that 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 helped out, you know, and that were involved with it. But, you know, if you had to pick one of the leaders of it, it would, you know, Bryson, uh, you know, DJ Graham, a couple guys like that that jumped on early and were definitely bell cows for us. You've had such great success in the quarterback department. Five straight years you've had a guy to go to the Heisman Trophy ceremony. Jalen Hurts, the Heisman runner-up this year. The transfer quarterback. It's incredible what it's done in college football. Three of the four quarterbacks in the college football playoff transferred to their current schools. You have a couple of terrific players in the fold already. Tanner Mordecai, who was in the class two years ago. Spencer Rattler came in last year. How has the transfer quarterback in college football maybe changed the way you evaluate recruitment of the quarterback position overall? Uh, I think it's all about just who do you think you can add to, to make your room better and to make your team better. And I think it's you know, once the season's over of taking a look at what you have um, and what you feel like the next team and next offense is going to need to be successful. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, after after Kyler, you know, decided to leave early last year, you know, we took a look at that and that's when we made the decision to, to, to bring Jalen in. And so I think each year you just look at it. I mean, it's it's the transfer portal has changed some of it, but in the same token I think you're still just always looking to what do we need to be as good as we think we, we can want be. the best yeah. guy wherever he comes from yeah, exactly right? so whether it's a transfer whether it's somebody uh, that you signed out of high school you developed I mean wherever it comes from we just want to have a great player there how important have your recruiting staff been through all this? Annie Hanson, oh, Drew Hill, Chip Viney, they do a wonderful job. Oh, we do. We got, a, we got a tremendous staff there. Those guys are, are as good as it gets. You know, tremendous effort. You see some of the things we've done on social media. It's really groundbreaking today. 
Uh, I just can't say enough about, you know, Chip Viney, Caroline McMurray, all those guys have been, uh, Zach Hefley, they, they've just all been phenomenal for us. Coach, congratulations on another great class. Can't wait to see what the future holds in store. Oklahoma, as good as there is and as innovative as there is out there on the recruiting trail, you can check out all the bios on all the new Sooners at Soonersports.com. Coach, thanks again for being with us. You got it. Thanks, Chef. Defensive coordinator Alex Grinch, orchestrator of a top 25 Sooner defense, joins us next on the Sooner Signing Day special presented by Express Person. Coach Grinch, you know, he's a high-energy guy. He's going to bring that same energy day in and day out. There's one speed, and it is your max speed. Every single snap. He's the type of coach that, you know, you come to college to play football for. The things that he talks about, he also introduces you to life, like adversity. He teaches us how to, you know, face adversity day in and day out. Great with holding us accountable and, uh, you know, making sure that we do the things that we need to do. And that's the type of guy we needed for this program. And, uh... Like, as you can see, the defense has taken you know a big step from last year on into this on into this season just because of the way that Coach Grinch holds us accountable. Let's go! Let's go! He take one. From day one, he told us that this defense was an effort-based defense. So you know, every time we step on the field, you know, no matter what the offense is doing, you know, to us, we have to play with great effort uh, every snap. You know, just go out there and make a play. This is going to be a touchdown, Sir Roderick. No, he's caught from behind inside the five. Delarian Turner yell caught him down at the two-yard line. There's Delarian Turner yell signing class of two years ago at the University of Oklahoma, talking about new defensive coordinator Alex Grinch. As we welcome you back into the Sooner Signing Day special presented by Express Personnel. Coach Grinch, uh, we can throw all the stats out there we want. 25th nationally as far as total defense is concerned. But when you came in wanting to build this thing, did, did this defense meet a lot of the expectations you wanted it to meet this season? You know, it, it probably did. And, then, and so often you, you spend your time on, on all the issues that uh, are inevitably there. So you, 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 the first thing that comes to mind is the lack of takeaways and the disappointment there and the stress that it puts on our football program and specifically on our defense when we're not getting those. But in so many ways, in, in, in terms of, uh, you know, the, the, the numbers, you know, do they tell us or do they tell the whole story? Certainly they don't. You know, oftentimes when, when numbers are in your favor, you point to them. When they're not, you, you try to ignore them and say they don't matter. So and it's probably somewhere, uh, somewhere in between. But certainly it's been good enough to, to, to find ourselves in, uh, uh, you know, playing championship football here in December. And so that, uh, uh, that's exciting. And, and, I, and that, that certainly is the expectation. Yeah, defensive line coach Calvin Thibodeau said, I now have a weapon to take on the recruiting trail. As you saw the defensive improvement, the numbers get better. How did that translate to success in the recruiting homes? Well, you got to understand, like with the 2019 class, I mean, a lot of the initial communication we had with them, one started before we even had a chance to work with our current players, mm -hmm. to, to have an understanding, you know, in, in terms of where maybe some of the need uh, moving forward lied. That's one. And then, and then, you know, a lot of the, again, the initial communication took place. Uh, and, and as the recruiting calendar goes now with an early signing period in December, you know, it, it, we, we talked to these guys when we took this job in January. There's an eight-month period of time that it's always about what we're going to do. And, 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 and so it, it's theory. And then in a lot of ways, when that happens, what, what it does is it turns you into everybody else. You're just like the other 130 teams in the country from the standpoint of you're saying what you're going to do. Um, and, and so to have some uh, obviously results at this point to kind of, uh, you, know, th you know, throw in guys' face and not the – 
uh, uh, you know, thrown in their face, maybe an aggressive term, but, but <laughs> I have something to, to coach's point, but uh, to, to have something to show them and say, okay, these are the things we said we're going to do. We're making progress. Uh, you're, you're not joining the, the 100th and, and whatever ranked defense. You're joining one of the, uh, what can be one of the top defenses in the country. You've had the chance to recruit with a big-name brand backing you uh, as in, in your past coaching career, but how about the Oklahoma brand specifically when you took it geographically nationwide? What was that like for you? Well, everyone will take your phone call. There's not a high school coach in America uh, that will close his doors to you. There's, no, there's not a, uh, a, a prospect uh, that, that, that won't follow you back on Twitter. There's not, not one that won't take at least uh, an initial uh, conversation. And in a lot of ways, you know, it, it's the who's who of, 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 of high school student athletes in terms of those guys that we welcome to, to our campus. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and certainly your, your aim every year is to, to get your share of them. There, there's obviously a numbers restriction, so you can't take them all, nor can anybody else. But, you know, when you go back through the, the, the amount of, uh, you know, high-level high kids that uh, have walked on this campus just in, in the year's time, uh, it, it, it speaks to, to what that brand is. One of the great reasons for improvement this year, the play of an experienced defensive line. The experience, though, means a lot of them are going to be gone by the time this season is over with. We're talking about an All-American in Neville Gallimore. Kenneth Mann, unfortunately, had his season cut short by injury. Q Overton, and I could go on with a couple. So that left you a little bit of a need on the defensive line. Was that the first place you felt like you needed to start when it came to recruiting? Well, it, it, it certainly is one of the the, uh, the, the areas. And, and, and when you look at, you know, specific to what we signed and a couple of junior college guys uh, bring, bringing in here, that, that kind of speaks to that immediacy in terms of uh, guys, uh, you know, getting on the field this next year maybe. And, and, and certainly every single guy that we signed in this class, we tell them all, you know, the, the, the idea of redshirting is, is a luxury that, that, that we don't have. And so every single guy is going to walk in here with the anticipation of competing. But when you're talking about a junior college uh, individual, you're talking about a guy that, that's uh, been in the college ranks. They, they're, 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 you know, from a maturity standpoint, you're talking now you're in the 20, 21 range as opposed to the 17-year, 18-year-old uh, range. And so uh, that, that, that's what, what uh, kind of where the, that uh, stems from in terms of uh, with Perrion and uh, uh, getting those guys in there uh, on the defensive front. You do get Noah Orenze, who will come in as a freshman to the University of Oklahoma on the defensive line. He is, I believe, 6'5 in the 260 range, and Calvin Thibodeau was saying he used to be a hurdler. We're talking about an athlete that you can play on the D-line. Well, right? and that's what you see on film, and, and, and the, the film kind of jumps out at you just from a – uh, there, there's a, a rawness uh, still about him, uh, but there's also a physicality that, that goes with uh, his, his athleticism. And so, you know, wait, really, when you're looking at those guys as, as edge pass rushers, uh, you know, in this defense, in, in this conference, um, you know, I, I say you want power forwards in basketball. And if you can't get a power forward, get a small forward. <laughs> what, you, what you don't need is centers because you need the athleticism right. uh, to, to move that way. And so, and, and, and Noah certainly uh, uh, brings that his best footballs in front of him. Um, but uh, a guy that kind of checks a lot of those boxes in terms of the uh, you know, size potential to, to get thicker and bigger. He has length. Uh, and then he has some, some speed off the edge that uh, uh, certainly helps you in the, uh, in the pass rush game. Tell us about Shane Witter, linebacker, 6'220", 225 out of Burlington, North Carolina, what he brings to the table. Uh, you know, speed again. You know, a, a guy that uh, is in that 4-5 range uh, in, in terms of, uh, you know, again, going back to when, when numbers are in your favor, you like to, to, to mention the uh, – 
uh, the 40-yard dash time, but uh, can run. So he's a sideline to sideline player. Also has the the the, uh, the the thickness about him already at a young age to uh, you know hold up in the run game in terms of between the tackles. And so Shane's one of those guys that uh, again checks those boxes in terms of uh, the, the ability to run. It, it's size potential and speed potential is the thing that we continue to talk about as we bring guys in. And you know one of the things we talk about all the time if we if we ever question the guy can't is he fast enough. If we utter that question, the answer he's, is he's not. Mm -hmm. And then, then it's on to the next guy. And so Shane is one of those guys that uh, uh, has some, some uh, uh, combine numbers that, that stand out in this film, film to match it. Always important to keep the best players in the state of Oklahoma in the state of Oklahoma. You've done that with Brendan Walker, outside linebacker, 6'3", 250. From just up the road, Oklahoma City Bishop McGinnis High School. Tell us about him. Again, size potential, speed potential. You know, that second level of our defense, you know, we, we, we call ourselves a 3-4 defense, but a lot of times in, in this conference, you're, you're mostly in nickel, but that, that still, uh, you know, gives you three kind of linebackers, a Mike linebacker, a Will linebacker in the interior of our defense, and what we call a rush linebacker on the edge. And I think he's one of those guys that has position flexibility that way to, to, to maybe do any one of those uh, or all of those three spots. Uh, it's, it's a stout uh, player, again, that has the size potential to uh, even have uh, the ability to be on the edge and, and, and rush a passer, so uh, excited about him. Defensive linemen, Josh Ellison, Perion Winfrey, we've spoken about them, Bryson Washington, Noah Orenze, a talented group on the defense as we roll through some of the signees, Alex Grinch. First year in the books, a Sooner defensive coordinator following the bowl game and a potential college football playoff championship game. What's the experience been like for you so far? Well, it's been tremendous. I mean, I, I, I'd highlight you know, just our, our time in Norman, you know, the, the, the family element of things that, 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 that people don't uh, quite maybe, maybe realize uh, is, is uh, such a critical factor to, to um, you know, the, the time spent at any uh, school. But being a place that, like Oklahoma, the standards are high. You know, we, we've met some of those, obviously, up to this point this year and have, uh, you know, expectations to, to continue to, to climb and then continue to get better. But uh, no, it, it's fun at this point signing the class and getting to go back upstairs and, and, and turn on a very good LSU football team, but I understand what the stakes are uh, uh, at, at this point in, uh, in the season. And then there's four teams that have a chance to uh, uh, call themselves the, uh, the eventual national champion. It's good to be one of those. Certainly has been fun to watch. Congratulations on the recruiting class. Coach Grinch, we appreciate you making some time for us here on the uh, signing day special. Thank you. Sooner defensive coordinator Alex Grinch, when we we come back, we will be visited by inside receivers coach Cale Gundy on the Sooner Signing Day special presented by Express Employment Personnel. He knows what Oklahoma football is about, so he sets that standard in our room. He's a part of this. He's been through it. He's been through everything that you, you're going to do or you've done as a player. So um, just having that firsthand experience, it, it brings that coaching, uh, that coach-player relationship to another level. If you want to win, uh, come to Oklahoma. That's what we do. We win championships. Um, we're competing for a national championship every year. Um, you're going to get better. You're going to develop as a player, as a person. You're going to have everything you need at OU. Um, there's really no reason you shouldn't want to consider here. Things like Grow You, um, Sooners for Haiti, things like that, um, that help you become a well-rounded person, not just a football player. Although that's a big part of this, we have other things that can help you as a person. 
Uh, what a great career it's been for Nick Basquin as we welcome you back into the Sooner Signing Day special presented by Express Personnel and inside receivers coach Cale Gundy, a formerly recruiting director, but you've been a part of 21 of these. What's it like to see a guy like Nick Basquin who goes from virtual walk-on to scholarship guy to contributor and see what his journey's like? Well, it's, it's a great journey. And it's, you know, but it's somebody that, that wanted to be here from day one, and that's what makes it so special. Um, you know, growing up in this city and, and um, obviously having family has been a part of this program. Um, had opportunity to go to many different places, but, but wanted his legacy to be, to be made here in, in Norman, and um, definitely has. You've been a part of 21 signing days, not including your own. We'll, we'll throw your own in there, so that's 22 right there. And we've gone from pagers, hiding in cars outside yeah. houses, to virtual reality and branding of players at the University of Oklahoma. I mean, what, what has it been like, the journey for you being in the recruiting game all these years? Well, it's definitely been a journey. Um, and and the, the pagers and hiding in cars outside the houses <laughs> was more in my era. Yeah, you know? old school. Uh, but but it's, it's developed. It's changed, just like the world society and social media so um, it, it's all about what what the recruits the young men in high school what impresses them and mm -hmm. uh, our people have done a tremendous job of, of adapting to that and and trying to be cutting edge and trying to lead lead the way in college football you love it what what is it about the recruiting element that excites you and has for 20 plus years I just I, I love trying to find the right players to to be a part of the right fit here at Oklahoma it's, it's just not all about trying to go find the guys that are the best players on the football field. They're mm -hmm. not always the right fit. And, um, you know, I've, from day one, I've always said that it's all about I want guys that want to win championships. That's the most important thing here. We, you come here, you're in my meeting room, we're going to win championships. Everything else will take care of its place. So you say the word fit. How did this class specifically fit together, and how, how have you seen it take shape? Well, I think we did a tremendous job in, in filling all the areas that we needed to. Um, the defensive guys did a tremendous job this year in recruiting and going out and, and, you know, basically really scouring the country and trying to find guys. And we got guys from all over. And when you're an Oklahoma brand, you can do those things. But uh, that's the important thing is you got to you got to look at the players you got coming back. You got to look at the, um, you know, the areas that you need uh, to, to to take place. And and um, we I think we did that. I think it's nine different states and or the District of Columbia. And, and we don't know by the time February and the late signing period comes around. Heck, it may be 10 states. It's still Texas, Oklahoma kids, though, isn't it? You still need to keep the core kids in house. Well, there's there's enough players here in this area that you can be successful with and mm -hmm. win championships with. And uh, Again, if we can't find those guys in this area, then, then we branch off and go to other areas. And, and again, I, like I mentioned a while ago, you know, when you're Oklahoma, when you call, when you knock on the door, people answer. And they don't answer for everybody. Uh, but at Oklahoma, they do. Let's talk about some of your specific areas and the tight end position. So great at the University of Oklahoma. Uh, going back many, many years, now you got Mark Andrews, who's going to be a Pro Bowl guy with the Baltimore Ravens. But you get the number one tight end in the country, not the state of Texas, not the region, not the state of Oklahoma. You get the number one guy in the country in Jalen Conyers. Uh, tell us about what a special kind of player we're talking about here. Well, first, he's a, he's a great young man, comes from a great family, from Groover, Texas, which is up is about as far north in the Panhandle, Texas, as you can go. Um, he's a great athlete, and that's kind of that's what we look for when we consider. You know, we we call those guys inside receivers, tight end type bodies. Uh, you know, but Mark Andrews is a receiver. Mm -hmm. uh, he spends more time out there in space, running routes, scoring touchdowns. Uh, this this young man here was. Uh, 
obviously the best athlete in school. He's a, a terrific basketball player. He's a great triple jump uh, in track. And um, he's played quarterback for them. He's played receiver for them. Uh, kind of the guy that does everything, kicks and punts. Sells um, popcorn, he, watches jerseys, he, whatever he, he does. Do. He does it all. But he's a tremendous athlete. He's 6'5", he's probably 228, 230 pounds. Um, could very easily be 260 pounds Jeez. in two or three years. Uh, but he runs. He's fast. He, again, he can make people miss. He can hurdle guys, and again, that's the perfect mold for what we're looking for in our system. And you've molded some good ones. You know, recent years we talk about Mark Andrews, Grant Calcaterra, mm -hmm. unfortunately ending his playing career earlier, going to go be a, a fireman back in his home state of California. But Austin Stogner, critical yeah. catches in this position this year. He's going to be really good. Uh, <laughs> he's been he's been getting a lot of a lot of extra work with us um, the last week or so of, of full preparation. And uh, I've told him from day one, you know, he's he's almost 6'6", six, six, uh, you know, 235 pounds. Um, he has worked tremendously on, um, you know, continuing to be athletic and play in space. Mm -hmm. When you see such a big guy like that, you think, okay, he can't play in space. He's got tremendous hands. He catches everything. If you can get it anywhere close to his body with his reach, he, he comes down with it. Catch he, radius he, unlimited. For catch this radius is unlimited. He's going to be a great player for us, one of the very best, and he's going to have a long career someday. A couple of other guys. Let's go to uh, Brian Darby, wide receiver. Went down to College Station and, and got this very talented guy. Not huge size, but looks like he's got some speed and can go across the middle for you. He, he does. Um, this is a young man that we, that we knew about in the spring, and we watched, and, and then we evaluated him um, early. We... Uh, Coach Simmons uh, was went down to go see him once. I went down to go see him once. Um, his head coach is a really a really good friend of ours. We've known he's been a very successful coach. The the thing that stood out with this young man here here is um, he has played Wildcat quarterback. He has played running back. He has played wide receiver. Um, he is the up back or the wing on field goal. Uh, he's the punt returner. He's a kickoff returner. He runs down on kickoffs. <laughs> he does everything, and he's extremely athletic. He is. Um, uh, he, he's. He, he's got a great passion. He loves to play. He's very, very competitive. And I just, you know, again, I, when we, when I saw him in person, I got on the phone immediately with Coach Riley and said, "Hey, this this guy's perfect for us because, mm -hmm. you know, Coach Riley likes to take guys and move them around and and put them in different situations." And this guy can do a lot of different things for us. Trey West is the other one we're going to talk about here. He has one of the best brands in this recruiting class. It's like a Trey West cloud of dust type of situation like from Arlington Lamar High School. Tell us about Trey West, Coach. Trey's a quiet young man, um, good, good, great mother, good family, good aunt. Um, but he's very, very quiet. He is sneaky good, as as we we believe he's got a chance to be exceptional. He's got tremendous speed. Uh, we believe that his upside is tremendous. Uh, he's had a had a great career there in in high school. Uh, finish it off, I believe, probably the last three or four games this season. He had you know 160, 180 yards plus every single game. Uh, he can high point the ball. He can run past you. Um, again, just a guy that can do a lot of different things. Um, you know, whether we start him inside or outside, he's going to be a great player in the system. He's got a great work ethic. Um, and, and uh, you know, guys like that get in our system and just continue to get better and get better. This guy will be really, really good for it's all said and done. And he will enter along with the others 
a very talented wide receiving core at the University of Oklahoma. The wide receiver room, I mean, C.D. Lamb, of course, has a decision to make as far as his professional future is concerned. But Bridges, Hazelwood, Charleston Rambo, Drake Stoops, we talked about Stogner. The thing that stands out, Coach, is you look at this list of guys who will return next year. Just about everybody made at least a play or two at some point this season for you. They did. They did. And, again, you know, when you come here, you got to compete. And, and that's one of the neat things about this class that we're signing right now is, um, you know, a lot of people said it's going to be hard for you guys to go out and find quality wide receivers to come in and play because of the uh, the notoriety and the, you know, the rankings and stuff of some of the players we had last year. Uh, but, again, we found the right pieces. We found the guys that, that, that wanted to come be a part of a great football program, be a part of an offense of Coach Riley and, and knowing that you're, you know, you're going to have the best quarterbacks that come out of high school in the country to throw the ball to you. So it's really um, – it's been special, and I, I think we'll, at the end of the day, we'll, we'll put on a bunch of good receivers out there. The right fit at wide receiver for Kale Gundy at the University of Oklahoma, his 22nd signing day as player or coach at the University of Oklahoma, but it never gets old for him. Coach, we appreciate you stopping by. Congratulations on a great signing day. We'll roll on here on the Sooner Signing Day special presented by Express Personnel next. The Sooner Sports Podcast is your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. Listen as Toby Rowland and Chris Plank talk all things Sooners. Log on to Soonersports.tv slash podcast presented by Allstate and Riverwind. Walden Cleaners and Laundry, where the difference is quality. Sooner Sports TV personalities wardrobe is provided by Threads Menswear and Blush on Campus Corner. Hair and makeup provided by Clementine Hair Lounge. Welcome back to the Sooner Football 2020 Signing Day Special presented by Express Employment, putting a million people to work. You know, Toby, Jason Aldean is coming back to Oklahoma City with special right. guests Morgan Waller, Riley Green, and DJ Silver. You can check out the upcoming tour on a Friday, February 28th, Chesapeake Energy Arena, the peak. Tickets are on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. A good show right there. Fantastic show, February the 28th. We'll have some fantastic ah. shows from out in the ATL. Look at this. Sooner Film Room practice reports begin Game December 24th. 10 days, Chad. It's, it's unbelievable how quickly it all happens. you got to get to Atlanta. I better get out there. Can you finish the show? i got practice we got to get you on a plane. <laughs> uh, we'll begin on December the 24th. Fox Sports Southwest, myself, Gabe Eichert, will be traveling with the team, providing reports. He'll be at Georgia State and Georgia Tech for practices. And then, of course, the game, the big game, the Peach Bowl, Oklahoma and LSU, Saturday, December 28th. We're on the air at 2 o'clock, and kickoff is 3 o'clock between the Sooners and the LSU Tigers. Can't wait for that. What That's a whirlwind it is. Film Room show is mm -hmm. a good show. Gives you a good breakdown look at LSU. Experts can tell you what to look out for with the LSU Tigers. Sooner signing list uh, continues to roll in. In fact, as we've been doing the show, Oklahoma has added Kendall Dennis, a defensive back. He is the first signee this year from the state of Florida, but the state of Florida has been very kind to Oklahoma over the years. You think about uh, Marquise Hollywood Brown, who's from Hollywood, Florida, Delaren Turner Yellow, Brendan Radley Hiles, a lot of those guys that have Florida ties, but the Sooner adding Kendall Dennis, six foot 175, Lakeland, Florida, Lakeland High School. Very nice late pickup for Oklahoma. He did this on national television a few moments ago, uh, making it official with Oklahoma. This was expected. 
and a uh, great pickup for the defensive backfield. He's a, a fantastic cornerback out of Lakeland. Cornerbacks coach at Oklahoma, Roy Manning, with Chris Plank talking about the very talented new signee, Kendall Dennis. Signing day coverage continues. Let's look at the secondary a bit. Roy Manning, Sooner cornerbacks coach, joins us. Coach, before we dive into some of the film overall, how to feel on the recruiting trail? How did things go whenever you're putting together this class? It, it, it was great. You know, we, we've made a big charge, you know, from day one to uh, really identify the right type of guys. Obviously, new defensive scheme this, this year and things like that. So really an important uh, class for us, to, to the, the inaugural speed D class, so to speak. So uh, it's been good. Very well received out there on the road. Let's head to Florida. Kendall Dennis, the 30th ranked quarterback, 29th ranked quarterback in the country, and another big kid, six foot 175. I love the stats on him. Uh, five picks, including one that he returned for a touchdown and nine PBUs during his final season. I, t I tell you what, very productive kid. Um, obviously, just uh, been uh, there at Lakeland one year, a uh, transfer kid, and has really made a huge, huge impact uh, on that football team, an already really good football program, and the coaches just rave about him, and I Obviously, the film speaks for itself. Obviously, there's the natural ability with the size, but what do you see from him mechanic-wise? What kind of caught your eye? I just think he's very, very quick twitched. Uh, you know, uh, one thing that definitely jumps off the film is how explosive he is. If you see him go up for a football, I mean, he jumps out of the gym and obviously has really good numbers to, to, to kind of uh, prove that as well. So uh, one thing you know you're going to get with Kendall is a very, very athletic kid that can run with anybody, but also is, is, is quick enough and physical at the line of scrimmage to get his job done on, on bigger receivers. Yeah, and you see, always seems to have a hand in the passing. Good hands, too, making picks left really and right uh, out there. So I, I'm curious, you know, sometimes that knock on cornerbacks can be that they don't necessarily go after contact, but it seems like this is a guy that's not afraid to go up and hit you. No, this kid is, is what you would call a football player. You know what I mean? He, he, he just feels comfortable out there. He's a natural, again, uh, doesn't panic at the top of the routes, and when it's opportunity to make a play, he snags that ball out of the air and comes down with it. I mean, really, really excited about Kendall. Overall, it's an impressive group, Coach, and the one thing that you notice when we talk about these guys is, is size. Looking for that right. bigger, kind of lankier cornerback in the future? No question. We, we definitely set out to get uh, faster in the secondary as well as longer. I mean, you know, when you get to this time of the season, you're playing big, tall receivers. And it's Big 12 every single week. You're seeing 6'2 and up, 6'3 and up. So um, I think that it's our responsibility to get those guys that can match up. Congrats to the great class, Coach. Thank you so much. Right, that's Roy Manning. So Kendall Dennis out of Lakeland, Florida, cornerback added uh, during the body of our show here yeah. on signing day. Uh, we have not talked a whole lot about the running back position. That's because the Sooners are very loaded and talented, and nobody is leaving as far as running backs are concerned. Nobody to graduation, at least Kennedy Brooks and Trey Sermon will come back from his injury. So... <laughs> None available as far as guys gone, but the Sooners will add Seth McGowan to this group. Seth McGowan out of Mesquite, Texas, Poteet High School, Toby. Talented running back, good size at six foot, powerful runner with great speed, one of the best running backs in the state of Texas. And uh, yeah, he joins a crowded room. It'll be very interesting to see how that shakes out next year. Um, Kennedy Brooks obviously having a great season. Hopefully Trey Sermon is back. But there you see the speed of Seth McGowan down the sidelines. He's not afraid to, and is very good at running between the tackles. There was an easy hole that opened up for him there. But this is a really good get. Seth McGowan choosing Oklahoma over offers from Alabama, Georgia, LSU, and Texas, among others. 45 touchdowns in his high school career. The Sooner running back signee for this hashtag 20 deep 
in 2020. Toby, just to kind of encapsulate things overall, the trenches you said from the outset of the show, offensive and defensive lines, very stocked. And, and I think it's not just stocked. you got the need for immediate players on the defensive line, and then the offensive line just continues to get better and better and stockpile talent. Highlights for me today, if you're just in a capsule, they get the number one tight end in the nation, Jalen Conyers. They get a record-setting wide receiver in Marvin Mims. They get a really hard-hitting safety with good size in Bryson Washington. I love both linebackers that Oklahoma signed today, Walker out of McGinnis and, and Witter out of North Carolina. And then what you mentioned is the headline of this class, the guys in the trenches. The offensive line will be the best class in America this year. OU brings in five big-time blockers up front. And the defensive line, they get the best two JUCO defensive tackles in America in Ellison and Winfrey. It has been a great signing day. Oklahoma has gone above and beyond on the cutting edge when it comes to recruiting. Dare to be different. That's the theme of 20 deep, hashtag 20 deep for this 2020 recruiting class. And I uh, hope you've had a chance to check out the virtual reality and sites around the country, learn more about this recruiting class. You can certainly do so at Soonersports.com. Don't forget to impress your guests by booking your next event at Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium. You can showcase your company on the beautiful video board in the south end zone. www.venuesatou.com or you can call 405-325-5274 for details. It's been a great sign. Signing Day Show. Thanks for joining us. For Toby Rowland, I'm Chad McKee. We'll talk to you next year on the Sooner Signing Day Special presented by Express Employment. Really good stuff from Chad and Toby. If you want the visuals with that, you can go to Soonersports.tv right now. All right, at 11.30 on Wednesday, so there was still a few pieces to be added to this Sooner Signing Class. Lincoln Riley met with the media. All right, welcome, everybody. Uh, what a great time, you know, um, exciting time for our football program. Uh, it's been a uh, interesting last couple of weeks, uh, but but been a lot of fun, and certainly a, a big part of it here today with with the first national signing day. Um, I would say first, just a lot of momentum uh, that you know, with what our team's been able to accomplish, you know, this year, the previous few years, that you can certainly feel on the recruiting trail, um, and. I give a lot of credit to the results so far today, uh, you know, to our staff, the way our, our staff has worked, our coaches, our recruiting staff. Um, it's been a challenging, challenging last few weeks, fun, but but extremely challenging, uh, you know, preparing to to, to go win a, a fifth straight Big 12 championship, you know, being able to get that done and then, you know, not getting five minutes to enjoy that and celebrate it and, and back on the uh, recruiting trail. And uh, we've talked about at length the challenges that this year's calendar uh, created, and uh, but we've all had to deal with it and handle it. And I think our group's done a tremendous job. And so uh, we're thrilled with, uh, with where we're at here on National Signing Day. Uh, we really think not many surprises for us today. The guys that, that we expected to sign, um, you know, have signed. Um, we have, uh, there will be more additions to this class as this thing goes on, but I think certainly a, a tremendous start. Several guys that we've been you know, in the mix with here for a long, long time, you know, that we're really excited about. Uh, you know, I, I think the offensive line in particular stands out there. That was a, a key area uh, this year, and I'm really, really thrilled about that class. And then, and then I would say for all of our, our defensive recruits, because we're, we're thrilled about this class, is a lot of these guys, 
you know, believed in the vision we had defensively before it was necessarily put out there on the field. And uh, I think that says a lot about these players. And uh, we're going to continue to get great players there with with the momentum that we have defensively, the trajectory we have defensively. But a lot of these guys believed in it from, from day one and uh, are going to come in here and be really, really good football players for us. So uh, just, a, just an outstanding class, a fun morning. Uh, I know everybody was able to see some of the things we did, uh, you know, via social media. Uh, we did some things here on signing day and have done, and we'll continue to do things that nobody has ever done before, ever. And uh, it's it's groundbreaking. And uh, I think our our players are excited about it. I know our future recruits are excited about what we're doing at Oklahoma, and we're going to continue to be on the cutting edge. That's not going to slow down. And so, really proud of. Our team, everybody that helped put all that together because it was a tremendous amount of work, a lot of sacrifice for people to get that done. But I know it shows these players that we're willing to go, you know, as far as we possibly have to to make sure they have the best experience they can here and to make sure that they have everything they need to be successful to equip them. Um, and then hopefully it shows our fan base uh, how passionate we are about bringing the right people in here about creating energy and excitement uh, about our program. And uh, why, why wouldn't you be excited right now? And uh, so an awesome day. It's fun to, to celebrate it, enjoy it with the staff, and to talk to all these players, their families, because this recruiting has really become a multi-year deal now. And uh, this is a, a huge step. So excited about that. And then, and then for the team right now, it's, it's been we've had some great bowl prep leading up into this one. It's, it's certainly a different feeling with, the, again, the calendar and the shortened amount of time. Obviously, the, the, the trip to Atlanta is getting here uh, you know, sooner rather than later. And I've uh, really been proud of the team, uh, the way we've worked, the way we've approached it, and uh, excited about uh, you know, finishing up our prep here and getting to Atlanta. Okay, if you have a question, please raise your hand. I'll call in Eric Bailey. Like in the defensive line, two big-time JUCO guys coming in. Can you talk about just how important that was to fill those voids, especially with graduation coming up? Yeah, the graduation's going to hit us hard there. Um, losing Neville, you know, Kenny Mann, Q, Dylan, you know, all those guys, It's uh, it was going to be a big part of this class. I mean, there's no question. And we felt like that we needed to get some immediate help there. Uh, some guys that had some experience and, and glad we were able to add, you know, guys with different, you know, kind of at different points in their careers, different uh, times in their eligibility, able to space them out. And, and we really felt like we got, you know, quality guys. I mean, there's there's going and signing a junior college player just because you think you have to. And then there's then and then there's finding the right guy or the right guys that, the, that you feel like can come make a difference. And um, and we felt like we found that. I mean, we really targeted those guys. Uh, you know, Perion was 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 early. Um, you know, and he kind of jumped on and got it started. And then we were able to add, obviously, a couple key pieces here late. Okay, let's go to um, Darren. Lincoln, is the transfer portal changing the way you recruit quarterbacks specifically? I, I don't think so. Um, I really don't think so. I mean, I think... Guys have always been able to transfer. You know, we've been able to have grad transfers here for for a while. Um, I think it's worked out that way. You know, uh, Baker was here, but obviously before I got here. Um, you know, and then and then we did make the decision to bring Kyler in and to bring Jalen in, and both of those situations were look at our quarterback room. What do we think we need? And is there somebody there that we think can come make a difference for our football team? And it's. You know, for me, for that room, for any room, it's about 
do you feel like you have what you need? Do you feel like you need to add somebody, whether it's signing a player, whether it's taking a transfer, whatever it is? We know we got to be really good at that position. We know what the standards are here. And, and, you know, you see, I mean, look at the four teams in the playoff. You know, look at those four quarterbacks right now. I mean, it's, you have to have pretty good quarterback play. And, uh, you know, we have, and we want to continue to do that, continue to get better. And so wherever we can find the right guy, the right guys, we're going to do it. I don't know that we ever put it in a scenario of, it's not a big picture of, well, I want to bring in a transfer, I want to do this. It was like last year, I just gave the example to somebody else. When the season was over and then when I knew for sure Kyler was, was leaving early, it's okay, here's the situation, here's what we have. What do we think we need to win a championship the next year? And I felt like we needed an older, more experienced guy, both because of what we had in the room and also just looking at our whole team because it's more than just that position. It's making the whole thing work together. So, you know, it's about finding a recipe to win and win championships. And uh, whatever we've got to do uh, to do that, we will. And, uh, you know, I don't think that will ever change. Ryan Aber. Lincoln, now that you've been through it looking at it, how challenging was the compressed recruiting, the way the recruiting calendar fell this year? And was it tougher keeping the guys you already had or, or going out and adding pieces to it over this last uh, what week and a half, two weeks? It, it was challenging. I mean, it, 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 still, it still is. Ask me, ask me in a couple of weeks when we come up for air. Um, I mean, I think I voiced my displeasure with how the calendar worked out. I mean, I just – to not be able to go see these guys multiple times, you know, when, you know, 95% of the other schools out there were able to do that was challenging. Now, the benefits are you're playing for, you're playing for something at that point and they're not. So there is benefits, but I – you know, only getting to have really one true week to go see your guys before the majority of players sign, we got to be careful that doesn't happen again. I mean, that's just not, it's too important. You know, this comes up too quick. And, uh, you know, we as, you know, as coaches, uh, administrators, all that, we, we, we got to do better. <laughs> we, we, we got enough time. Uh, and with this signing day now trending to becoming, you know, nobody knew what this thing was going to be a few years ago is, or half the players going to sign or 10% going to sign or 90% going to sign. Nobody knows. Well, we know now. I mean, it's the majority of players are going to sign in December. That's not going to change as long as we have these two. And so now that we know that, we got a few tweaks, and I think that's one that we got to do better on. Sort of to follow up, you said that you anticipated additions to this class. You anticipate those today? In, you know, in this, is this period or not? Yeah. February? Uh, we'll have a lot of good news coming up. Okay. Yeah, Lincoln. That's uh, what you were looking for, right? <laughs> yeah. Right or wrong, perception is always the quarterback is the face of the class. How difficult or were there any challenges since there wasn't a quarterback for the 2020 class? Um. That's a good question. Uh, I think we have a lot of leaders in this class that made up for that. Uh, I think w we had some guys that really jumped on early that were primetime players, but also those kind of guys, and they made a big difference. Had we not had those leaders, I think it would have maybe been more of a factor than what it probably was. Brandon, 
drone? Yeah, like, and you, you brought up a point when you said it was those guys jumped on without really seeing anything when it came to the defensive side of the ball. Similar to 2019, where it was just you all out there recruiting with no defensive staff. How much of that momentum and how well y'all closed out kind of rolled over into 2020 and helped for those others believe in 2020? I think it did. I think it did. We got some, um, we got some great players right there at the end last year that have made a difference and will continue to make a difference. Um, I, I definitely think there's some momentum, and then, but there's still nothing like going and putting it on the field. I mean, that is still one of the most powerful things that that you can do. And so, you know, with the the turnaround we've had defensively, um, the quality of staff that we have, uh, you know, players are going to grow up now knowing they're going to come to Oklahoma and play great defense, and that's what's expected. And uh, so I think this year was a – I think last year was a really positive what we did, especially at the end. Uh, I think this year has been a great step, and there's other big steps yet to come. Tyler Palmas here. Lincoln, you guys have some guys who are uh, on the offensive line that are going to be draft eligible, and how important was it to to secure Andrew Ray? I mean, not just Andrew Ray, but, you know, uh, the entire O-line class that you have, but specifically Andrew, because he had decommitted and kind of stepped back from the process. And then what do you think about your offensive line look like considering the guys that you have that are eligible to move on if they want? Yeah, no, it was uh, it was big. It was, uh, you know, you're always going to sign linemen each year, but this was one of those you kind of point to and say, we've had a lot of attrition over the last few years with guys leaving early, which... I mean, it's been a positive. Guys have been able to do it, and they've been, you know, for the most part, they've been pretty successful, and and uh, it's a result of quality play. And uh, but those aren't those aren't always the easiest things to plan for um, because you don't necessarily know that at the beginning of the season. If you've got a if you've got a senior, you know you're losing him. You know, you got a guy that maybe he's going to go, maybe he's not. Do you have that scholarship? Are you able to recruit to it or not? I mean, there's a it, it puts you sometimes in a um, in a challenging position. And uh, so I do think this year's class is going to help address losing some of the guys we have over the last few years early. And um, yeah, I like the makeup of the class. I mean, I think we've got, I like the kind of kids we're bringing in. Bringing in. I mean, they, they, these are five really, really solid, I mean, good students, just kind of very, just straight up really good guys. And uh, and then at unique abilities all over. I think there's multiple guys in this class uh, that can play different positions, you know, both inside and tackle, which was important to us to, you know, almost the model, the model of like a, like a Cody Ford, you know, who was able to play inside early in his career and then kick back out and play very well at tackle for us and gave us that flexibility. And uh, so Continuing to add pieces like that that could potentially play a number of different spots was a key factor as well. Uh, you mentioned Andrew. You know, we've had a good history with guys that maybe have decommitted throughout the process and then found their way back here. And Andrew, you know, add him to the list. And, you know, he's one of the better prospects we've seen in the state of Oklahoma since, since in our time here uh, at any position. Uh, he was extremely important uh, to, to getting here. And, uh, you know, it's. I think we've we've got a great relationship with him and his family, and I think that was a big part of it. Jason Kersey. <clears throat> yeah, Lincoln. Um, uh, will there be any suspensions for the college football playoff that, that you can address? I'm aware of the report that's out there. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, this time I cannot comment on it. Well, I'll ask a recruiting question. <laughs> um, All good. Do you? Uh, how do you handle guys who are committed and have been committed but don't sign today? 
uh, do you still consider them committed? It's, uh, I think, a question we're all we're all learning about. Um, I think it comes down to, you know, your relationship with these guys, the players, uh, their families. Um, everybody's scenario is different, and uh, things aren't always kind of what they seem on the outside. And so, I think you you've got to rely on those relationships. You got to rely on. Um, the many conversations that are had, and I think there's got to be a lot of trust in those moments. Um, so I don't know that the answer is always the same, um, but you know we anticipate. You know, some guys are going to go longer than others. You know, some guys are at different points of their recruitment. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, sometimes guys tell you committed, and 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 you know, well, maybe maybe not. You know, and and sometimes guys tell you, and you know, you know without a doubt. That, that they are, and uh, and so you've got to have that feel. I mean, I, that's where the personal relationship comes into play, and you have to know so much about what these guys and their families are about, and do you hold a spot for this guy? Do you not? Do you continue recruiting at a position? I mean, there's it's it's the daily conversation that that goes on, and uh, there's just there's not that simple cookie cutter answer for every single player, and uh, so we just try to do the best we can and. You know, you you want to you want to know where these guys stand, and you also understand they need room to breathe and they need room to compare. And, and we we we've always encouraged our guys go compare. I mean, if you find a place you like better than this, you shouldn't come here anyway. And that's and we're okay with that. And uh, we feel confident in what we have here and what so many people have built here. And uh, so that's a little bit of our approach to it. Yeah, is, uh, Lincoln is Kennedy Brooks going to play in the Peach Bowl? <coughs> Kennedy and, will play. Yes. And uh, Ramon Day Stevenson will he play also? Uh, Kennedy Brooks will play. Lincoln, the uh, I'm interested in the, the social media campaign, specifically the, the short films. Um, tell us about kind of describe how that came about, and then when the idea of people who they were, when the idea of people came to you, put it across your desk what your reaction was and how blown away were you? Yeah, uh, I, I'm not surprised with our group because I think we've really done some groundbreaking things uh, the last couple of signing days. Uh, but I think we I think we went above and beyond. And uh, yeah, the idea started several months ago of a, um, and, and for our Oklahoma brand, we're always going to recruit, try to recruit the very best in the state, no question, but we're never going to have a team completely full of players from the state of Oklahoma, uh, just with the size of our state. And uh, we've always been a national brand. We've always national recruited. And so the thought was, you know, of organizing almost a, a takeover of some of the major cities all across the country. And uh, I thought our group did an awesome job. They, uh, they really... Yeah, they came to us, um, put the idea in front, and uh, give a lot of credit to our, our people for the just the creative um, chance that we took there. Uh, a lot of credit to our administration for getting behind this because something does, like this doesn't just happen overnight. It's not easy, and uh, it takes a lot of people and a lot of commitment, and, uh, and we did. But, I mean, again, right now recruits, everybody across the country seeing something that they have never seen anything like it before, and uh, that's pretty special. Other schools now are watching that, saying, oh, "Now we got to step up our game." Absolutely. Oh, it'll be copied next year. I mean, there's no no question. But hopefully, we'll be on to something better by then. Hey, John Rooney. 
got copyrights to that? <laughs> we should have patented it. Yeah, no kidding. What was the initial reaction? What do you hope the reaction to be? And is this an instantaneous kind of from From the social campaign? Yeah. I think it is. Uh, but the, the bigger impact, like a lot of these things, will come, will come down the line. I mean, the guys today... They've already made their decisions. I mean, I think it, it, it adds excitement. It's something fun for their families and friends and all that. And I think it helps make the day more special and memorable for them, which is certainly a big part of it for us. But, you know, you think of every freshman, every sophomore, every junior, you know, that's going to be a, you know, a recruitable type player right now. Everyone in the country is going to see that, every single one. And they're going to see Oklahoma did something that nobody else has ever done. That, that is going to blow their mind. And, uh, you know, and so it's, uh, you know, I think that's the cool part about it. I think it'll, uh, it, it'll kind of send shockwaves through, and I think we'll continue to feel the effects. Back to Derek. Uh, yeah, Lincoln, just following up on what Jason asked, are you unable to comment because there's an appeals process with those guys? Um, I don't know that I want to even go that far. I'm just unable to right now. So I will when I can, but, but can't right now. Yeah, you guys have a, uh, a record-setting wide receiver uh, coming in, and Marvin Mims. Uh, can you talk about him and just what y'all liked about him, and what kind of caught your eye because he was committed to Stanford right. for so long? Yeah, uh, unique kid. We've been aware of him uh, for a long time. You know, just down the road in, in Frisco, and uh, we really liked him. Loved his junior tape. Uh, we were recruiting him. Uh, he made the decision to, to go out to Stanford, and so he was a little bit on the back burner for us at that point because of that decision. And then um, conversations kind of restarted. And uh, I, I, the thing we were most impressed as we got back into the mix with him this year was, like sometimes these guys, you watch them and you love their sophomore tape or you love their junior tape. And then as you go watch them as seniors, you say, man, he didn't get much better. Maybe it doesn't even look quite as good as it did the year before. I mean, some of these guys, human nature, complacency, whatever sets in after they've gotten offers or they've had success. And uh, we always really try to continue to evaluate these guys even after we offer them or even after they're committed because you want to, if they're not getting better like now, are they really going to get better when they get here? And why aren't they getting better? And uh, Marvin was one of those guys that just, I mean, we loved his junior tape, but his senior tape is, and the way he played this year, I mean, he broke the national record uh, for receiving yards in the season and was just phenomenal and did it against great competition. And uh, so that guy that's really improved, he's a great student, tremendous kid, comes from an awesome family. Um, just, you know, with, with some of the, you know, attrition we're getting ready to have at that position again was a, a major gift for us. Like, I just want to do my due diligence on the questions that were asked about the suspensions. Okay. Do you have a, a timetable for when you might be able to talk about it? And do you, is there any kind of timetable where you guys might have more information that you can share? Uh, I don't know that there's a exact timetable that I know that I'll be able to comment, but when I when I am, then then you'll know. Eric Bailey, you know you don't want to comment about any distraction or any of the suspensions, but how much do you avoid this becoming any kind of distraction to your football team preparing for this game? Well, I mean this this whole game, all these playoffs are you know are a huge distraction. I mean there's there's. A million different distractions right now getting prepared for this and uh, that's the team a lot of times that can handle those the best is, is going to be the most equipped coming into it so um, that's you know we've had 
we've had challenges all year. We've had challenges of, you know, whether you lose a player to an injury or new players, this or that. I mean, that's, that's, that's part of how it goes. And so we'll, we'll, uh, we'll handle it the way we have, and we'll be ready to play. Jason Kersey. Yeah, talking specifically about Bryson Washington, mm-hmm. you know, his size and sort of what he brings, is he what you guys are looking for yes. in the defensive backfield? Yes. No, I think, I think as you look at the DBs, uh, you know, that we've signed, and that'll, you know, that'll we'll continue to continue to work there. Uh, but it was about speed. I mean, it, this is speed D, so, I mean, that, that's not going to be compromised, but also about adding some length in the secondary. I mean, that has been a focus point for, for Coach Grinch and Coach Manning from the day we walked in here was to try to continue to add some length. And, uh, you know, we felt like we've done that, and we'll continue to do that in this class. And Bryson was a big – he was a big get, you know, the – down there in the state of Texas and, and you know, had an opportunity to go just about anywhere he wanted to. Uh, he, he physically has everything you want. I mean, he is confirmed very track fast. I mean, he can really run. He has length. He has feel for playing the position. And then he has been – he has been – we asked the earlier question about the quarterback and having leaders in the class. Like, he's been one of those guys. I mean, he has been one of those guys that jumped on that was – the day he committed, he was he was done. I mean, he was totally locked in. Um, it's actually a pretty cool story. We were, we had a, a little staff get together um, down the Metroplex, took all the coaches and and wives and families there, and we were at a Rangers ball game up in a suite watching the game. And Bryson actually called and committed during that game. We didn't know it was going to happen, and so we actually all had him up on on uh, FaceTime right there, and the whole staffs going crazy and all that. It was pretty fun. So. Uh, Kind of a neat story about when he made his decision, and and uh, yeah, I can't say enough about the kid. He's he's stuck with us, uh, been a great leader uh, in this class, and certainly want to continue to add more body types like his. Is that one of the cooler? I mean, just in terms of the way a guy commits, I'm sure it happens a million different ways, but I mean, that it sounds does. like pretty unique. Yeah, just to have, just the fact that we had no really. We, we didn't have any idea it was honestly coming at that time. And then just to have a moment where we were, all of us and all of our spouses were there together. Um, yeah, kind of crazy how it happened, honestly. It was like kind of perfect timing. So it was, it was fun. Myron Patton? Uh, bowl game question. By my count, Kale played, Kelly's played three games. Mm-hmm. Next was four. He plays if you win. I think we've five. had that discussion a little bit. What's, what are you going to do? Is he going to play? Um, there, there's ongoing discussions right now, I would say. I mean, there's obviously a lot of different ways to look at that. This, this scenario with him is a little, a little unique right now. Um, so we'll, uh, I don't know that I'm ready to say right now or know that we even have a full decision yet, but we'll, uh, we'll continue to hammer through it. You and him, or his decision? It involves all of us. You know, I think it involves all of us. And it's, uh, again, you can look at that so many different ways, and there's different options with it. And so we'll settle on the, the one that fits best for him and best for our team. But, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully we got a couple of games to play with, and it's a, uh, and it becomes a factor. Okay, just a few more minutes, conference bill. Lincoln, you tried real hard to make the spring game a huge weekend. Mm-hmm. Is that working the way you want it to, or is it almost too early? And there's so much time to try to keep that momentum. Going? No, I think it's been I think it's been great. I mean, I, we we've been really pleased with it, and uh, I think the, I, I I think both we our, our fans, 
anybody that's involved with it, you can't, because it happens further away from signing day, you can't underestimate the impact of it. We, we can feel it. Um, it, it. It's been really, really big, and it's been really, really successful. And uh, so I think our investment there, I think uh, our fans' investment in, you know, showing in record numbers, you know, the way they responded to, you know, changing the game 48 hours before the game last, you know, this last spring and how that played out, I mean, it's made a difference, and it's going to continue to make a difference. Uh, so now we've been very, very pleased with that, especially with this early signing day. I mean, especially because you can only do so many during the season. I mean, you just you don't know when game times are going to be. We're flying guys in here. They got games going on. You just you can't do that many during the season. And then all of a sudden, booms. I mean, we played we played you know well, a week and a half ago, and here we are. I mean, so. The success of these recruiting classes is a big testament to that. John Hoover? Yeah. <clears throat> Lincoln, since I hate to keep pecking away at this, but since you uh, clarified Kennedy Brooks' status for us, could you clarify Ronnie Perkins? Uh, or I'm not commenting on it anymore. Any more? Sorry. Any more guys? Sorry. Trading bridges. Barry Trammell? Yeah, as an aside on Caleb Kelly, 12 game season, you don't go to a bowl, guy plays four games. The red shirt year. That's one third of his season. If you play 15 games and you played Caleb in five, that's one third of his season. Could you just play him and then appeal? You try to get a waiver? You, you could. Uh, it's it's been discussed, but the I think getting an answer on that and the risk that could potentially pose uh, if you do try to save his season, I think is is too risky at this point. So we're. It's it's in the back of our mind. It's questions that we've asked, but I think we're we're at least going forward with the assumption right now that if he you know if he were to play in two more ball games, that this would be the end of his career. My real question then on uh, Clemson four years ago, Georgia two years ago, you were slight favorite in one, slight underdog in the other, virtual toss up games, mm -hmm. and forget the point spread, just the natural perception. Last year. You are a heavy underdog. You are again. Any any differences in those two games with these two games in terms of your mentality, with how you approach the game, where your players approach it? Is it a good thing, a bad thing? How, how do you see the, the the perception that you're a heavy underdog? Yeah, I, I think I think it's it's different every year, uh, just because of of who your team is. Um, you know we're a lot different team than we've been in the past, and, and each team's been different. Uh, but I, I think for us, you know, we're confident uh, that you know when we play our best ball, that that great things happen regardless of who we're playing. You know, and so that's been that's been our focus. That's been our goal the whole way through. I think we're we're a team that when you ask everybody in this room to raise their hand that's been in a college football playoff. There's a lot more hands that are up than, than aren't, you know. So we're a team that's that's been there. We know what this is like. Uh, we know what to expect. We're certainly playing a great football team, but we think they're playing a pretty darn good football team too. And uh, so, don't get caught up too much in national perceptions. If we'd have done that, we wouldn't even be in the playoff right now. You know, how many of you guys would have raised your hand after Kansas State if you thought we were going to be in the playoff? And if any of you say you would, you're lying. And uh, and here we are. And then it was followed up with Sooner defensive coordinator Alex Grinch. I think in a lot of ways, I mean, the, the, the one thing at every position, you're, you're, like, you're looking for that uh, size potential, speed potential, 
you're saying because you're evaluating guys as obviously 17, 18 year old guys, you know, kind of where they can 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 go from, uh, you know, uh, from high school ranks to college ranks, and, and some guys obviously have a, a higher uh, starting point, and he's one of those guys that uh, uh, you know stands out one one on film, has some track times to kind of confirm what you see on film, um, but that, that that's what you're uh, attempting to build at every position of your defense. You know, the, the you know long athletes that, that that can run. You never want to compromise. Uh, the speed element of things, uh, and so Bryson is one of those guys that we th- really think possesses, you know, that that uh, you know both those you know main skill sets. Um, you know, he's a guy you watch at practice, and, and you're, you're trying to find the DB, and, and uh, oh goodness, you know, it, it almost looks like a uh, you know an undersized D end or something like that. You know, just from a, you know compared to other high school guys, you know, but but certainly moves and plays uh, the way we like him to. So we're excited about Bryson. Alex, I'm curious about the two JUCO defensive linemen, especially Winfrey. How much did he set the tone for for that class and getting people to buy into to what you were doing? And how important were bringing those two guys in, especially where y'all stand defensively? Well, I mean, certainly, certainly a position of need. Just you know, as, as you go through uh, you know our, our depth chart. Um, you know, through 2019 transition into 2020, that that's the spot where you kind of have the uh, the most planned attrition in, in terms of the the senior class uh, as, as they move on past this. And so there was, there was a major need, obviously, in, the, in that spot. And, and so as you look at you know from a junior college standpoint, you're 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 always evaluating with the best available talent. I mean, so you're you're not always willing to you know if, if it's a regardless of position, if, if there's a guy that can come in and start on your defense, you're uh, in the business of recruiting those individuals. But but certainly that. Was just a spot. Um, there, there's kind of a, a gap between the, those seniors and then some young, uh, some young guys that uh, some which have played a little bit for us and some some which uh, have not. And so, you know, how do you fill that gap? And so, uh, you know, with uh, you know Perron in, in particular as, as one of the first guys to kind of jump on board. You know, it really uh, uh, you know fills that need. But oh, by the way, you know, it, it's it's not just okay. Let's, let's get a big body, throw pl- plug them in there. You know, you're talking about two talented guys that uh, we think possess those attributes that uh, um, you know we're looking for in defense alignment you know not, not just the, the size element of things but uh, you know a quick first step and the ability to rush passers uh, and that so that uh, uh, was good but but you know really to your point I will say this you know the, 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 the you start recruiting you guys when you get the job in January you sign them in December there's about an eight month period of time where you're telling them all the things you're going to do and the problem is when you when you're in that 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 phase and you don't have uh, you know, kind of the tangible evidence to say that you're going to get these things done at the University of Oklahoma, or these are the individuals who have have gotten it done at the University of Oklahoma in this defense. You kind of turn yourself into everybody else. You're you're just you're just chatter. You're just another coach selling uh, your your salesman. You know, and, and so in any event, uh, you know, for some of those guys to, to, to buy into that vision uh, when there wasn't as much tangible evidence uh, kind of speaks to, to obviously the job as a, as a coaching staff, but that certainly to them as individuals in terms of understanding kind of where this thing was going. And then it, it's nice now kind of transition from the 2019 to 2020, which would be the 21 class, is that, um, you know, you got a little bit more evidence in terms of the things that you're, you're selling. Kind of leads to what I was going to ask. How different is the response now when you talk to 2020, but also 2021 kids? 
compared to when you were saying the same things in spring, but had nothing to show for it. Well, and, and it's it's obviously a real positive, you know. And and, and you talk about a a program with the stature of Oklahoma, uh, you know, everyone's going to take your phone call. It's at least that first one. There's a good bet you're going to get them on campus. If you and, you know if you if you we listed on this board, which obviously we won't and can't, but but all the all the guys that that walk through these doors, it's the who's who of student athletes uh, in, in that in that 2020 class. Um, and so in any event, uh, continue to move forward. Now that you got more more tangible evidence, you know, in, in some some respects, a guy comes through, okay, got you, coach, got you, coach. But then they go to, uh, you know, every every single kid that you recruit. Oh, by the way, he's got just about everybody else in the country that they can they can choose from. And and if, if they those individuals have not not just uh, you know obviously the uh, um, and, and most don't uh, the, the the evidence over a long period of time like an Oklahoma football does, but but in a in a more uh, uh, immediacy of this deal in terms of the amount of NFL players, you know, that, that they've produced and, and the, the, the uh, results on, on the field. And so in any event, uh, no, move, moving forward, uh, certainly we, we, we got it. And then we, and it's the, the next step for, is for us to produce those, those individuals. Uh, but, but, but evidence is good. I mean, you're, you're, you're constantly trying to find those things that separate you between you and your competition. Uh, and we got, we got a, a, a big time one in terms of this logo, this facility, this, this campus, this school. Um, but, to, but, but you're trying to find that next thing, and obviously uh, results matter. Coach, Brendan Walker, obviously an in-state kid. How big was it to get him as an in-state kid, and what do you like about him and, and the way he plays? I mean, I, th- I think in a perfect world, it, I mean, you, you draw, draw a circle around Norman, Oklahoma, and make that circle as big as you want. And try to get them within that the, that uh, that that radius, and, and not that you would ever limit yourself. I mean, the biggest thing about Brendan is I, I think he's a talented kid uh, that that can um, have, have a uh, an impact on our defense. I think his position flexibility, you know, again, size standpoint, uh, speed standpoint, a uh, guy really in that second level as you go through the Mike linebacker, Will linebacker, Rush linebacker positions. Kind of, I think he could do uh, any and all, all all three of those. Um, and, and so, like you said, a, a local a local guy, and you got to be right on those guys, you know, because their their experience is going to uh, have a lot to, to do with uh, um, you know kind, kind of relationships moving it forward and all those things. So you, you want to make sure uh, as, as you go through it that that, that that's not go out to you know, name the state uh, that, that 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 that's not Oklahoma and say okay, let's go get him when you got a good one in state that uh, uh, checks those boxes. So we're excited about. Him. Alex, you got you cool with an LSU question? Sure. While, while you're here, uh, I think they uh, pile up 500 even against Auburn yardage. Mm-hmm. Uh, just 23 points, but they gained 500 yards, which includes the fact that I don't know if anyone's actually slowed them down, let alone stopped them. Is is this does this game come down to make plays when you can? They, they're going to move it, do what you can in the red zone, do what you can on you know, takeaways. I know you've sure. that all year, but sure. but especially in a situation with this kind of offense. Well, I, th- I think one, you know, uh, you know, you got to be respectful of the fact that they are they are going to make plays, and, and all of a sudden they're going to take a, a Saturday off, um, and and so what we have to make sure of is that that we make our fair share. What's what's that look like? Does it look like a, you know, a, a tackle for loss in the backfield, a possible sack, a, a takeaway, all those things? We we you you can't walk into uh, to to or should we walk out of a stadium and say we didn't make uh, plays tonight? You know, and obviously in at, at this. Uh, on this stage, uh, with with uh, so much on the line, and certainly against such a, a quality opponent, 
Um, but you also can't be a prisoner to, to the sticks. You can't be a prisoner to that first down marker and to, to insinuate that every possession is, is somehow going to be, you know, in the, in the vicinity of nine yards or less. You know, they, they've, they've done a tremendous job over the course of the season versus a, a, a quality schedule. That would suggest it's a very difficult offense to stop. You're talking about the Heisman Trophy winner at quarterback. You know, they said, the, you know, Belinikoff winner at uh, receiver, which I immediately asked which one. You know, and so that tells you something when, the, when, when the, the, there's, there's talent across the board, talent to tailback. Um, and, and so in any event, uh, uh, you talk about a challenge of all challenges for, for defensive coaches and defensive players, and we'll work daily to, uh, to, to meet that challenge. Uh, a lot of been talk about the recruiting calendar. Of course, you guys involved in the Big 12 championship game, and there's positives of that, but there's also some negatives. What can you do? Is there anything, you, I mean, you'll do some things different. Any, what will you do, say, if you're in the same situation next year? Well, I, I think, you know, the, the way this calendar fell with everybody having two bye weeks and where the Big 12 championship was is really just allowed one week on the road in December. And I think what you have to do is you have to almost anticipate that as you go through the course of a calendar year is making sure that, you know, what you are saving for December, you know, is probably an inaccurate way to kind of look at your calendar. You got to say, okay, these visits, for instance, have to take place during the course of your season, which, again, you're kind of a busy time over that. Um, the flip side is, okay, the spring, you know, now, now it's available to us to bring these guys in for official visits in the spring all the way up into June. But then there's a stretch between, okay, you know, you bring a guy in in June, he really likes your campus. Well, there's six months until he gets a chance to sign on the deadline, all the different places you can go between now and then. So that poses, uh, you know, kind of unique challenges that way. And so, uh, you know, I, the minute I start talking about it, I kind of bring up more issues. I, I don't think there's a silver bullet behind it in terms of exactly how uh, to, to, to manage it. I think the the positive thing, you know, we you said, you know, the 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 best recruiting tool uh, we had when the other people were on the road as we prepare for the Big 12 championship game was to win the Big 12 championship, and it's a pretty good tool. And then, you know, as you transition uh, forward, but what 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 it prevents is the amount of times in living rooms, you know, and so you're, you're you really got to do a great job from a release relationship standpoint uh, before the month of December, whereas. Uh, long ago, I guess it wasn't that long ago, a few years ago, where you know you had the you're in the home the first week in December, the second week in December, you know, three more times in January, and you're you know uh, to the point where the you know the families are almost getting sick of seeing you. You just don't have that anymore. Um, so in any event, the, the I guess the moral story is win ball games. That's your greatest uh, tool and selling point. But uh, you got to make sure you do a great job relationship wise between phone calls, FaceTimes, and all those things, and get them on campus uh, in, in the in the months preceding. December. Hey Alex, what has uh, Marcus Stripling's development been like this year? And uh, does, does he seem like somebody that you can get contributions from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think because, you know his practice uh, has uh, steadily improved. I, I think he's a guy that uh, uh, certainly we're excited about. I think his best football is in front of him. He, he does have a, a, a element of speed um, that that uh, is brings a lot to that position. Uh, the physicality that that uh, is is different in, in college versus uh, high school is always a transition. Anytime you're talking about guys on your defensive front, and so that that's the hardest. The hardest transition is for those guys because there's just a different handle going against a 300-pound guy over and over and over again. And so that's something that uh, he continues to work through, understanding the defense and all those things. But he's pro certainly progress is being made. He's finding uh, some time on the field and, and, and something that we'll continue to look to get more of. We hear from coaches you know, about players flash. Have you seen 
those moments from him this year? And if you remember one, uh, would you share it? You know, I, I, going back to even the Houston game, you know, just, just coming off the ball, flying off the football, I think it was a play you know, that wasn't necessarily made in the backfield, but you just saw that, uh, that snap off the ball. And you see that, uh, again, uh, probably more in practice right now than what we've seen in games. But and, and so much of that, too, ties in just sort of the trust standpoint is making sure that guys are, number one, where they're supposed to be, when they're supposed to be there, combined with you know, the, the, the speed out of what, what play he could be making was well, there's a good chance he's not going to make that play if he's not where he's supposed to be. And so in any event, uh, uh, he, he is steadily improving. The guy that we're awfully excited about. Alex, um, what's it like having three weeks to prepare for our opponent after going to the week-to-week week grind? And then also, does Joe Burrow remind you of any quarterback, that you, type of quarterback that you've coached against over the years? Yeah, it, it, it uh, you know, because going back to the recruiting element of things, you know, really after the Big 12 championship, it was on, on the road recruiting for, for, for the week. I mean, you're gone. I mean, you didn't you get a chance to come back even to the building. It, it's hit the road for all those things we mentioned. You got to get home that night and you got to roll. And so, you know, that, that week, not to, to describe it as a wash from a preparation standpoint, got, you know, certainly our players were in here watching film and all those things with Coach Wyatt on the weight room. And so you steal some time that way, but just in terms of a true prep week, uh, it, it's kind of uh, kind of comes and goes because of the uh, uh, the recruiting element of things, which then turns this week into you know in, in a lot of ways just the way the calendar falls. It's kind of like the, the bye week sequence. So so you know as we got back in the in the building this past weekend is is okay now you know do you treat it fully like a bye week? You know how, how do you prepare that way? And so it's a unique uh, unique calendar that way, and it doesn't allow you you know kind of that sigh of relief after you know normally after a signing day you kind of take a breather. Uh, maybe for an evening, and and, and we we obviously don't have that, uh, you know, with, with the stakes so high, and so challenge that way. You know, with Joe, you know, I happened to be at Ohio State the spring, you know, last spring he was at Ohio State, and so I I, I know Joe, um, and and uh, talented guy, you know, and, and saw that firsthand, and and you know, the ability to to move the pocket, extend plays, to throw on the run, and and in those. Uh, you know, with those attributes, what ends up happening, you know, you just you, you imagine being an offensive coordinator, the confidence that you have that you can't call a bad play. And then all of a sudden it, it uh, uh, can, can get real scary and it has in, in, in terms of uh, for defenses. And so, um, you know, I think about Sam Darnold in years past, you know, uh, I, I, and, and I'm certainly a F- Joe Flacco years and years ago uh, were guys that, uh, you know, you saw on film and they immediately it doesn't take a whole lot of uh, many clips where you just kind of get wild by them. And and, and uh, so no, he he's certainly in that uh, in that category, elite. Okay, we got time for one more, Brandon Brown. Yeah, can you talk about Brandon Walker a little bit and just how versatile he is? Because he's an outside inside type of guy that you all signed. And and, and that's that's the term I would use. You know, just just being versatile that way. You know, having having the ability to to do a number of things on our defense. You know, he, he already you know uh, possesses a size uh, aspect of things that uh, you know for 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 his age, uh, you know is is something that that we envision being uh, kind of a, a separator. It kind of as he as he comes on campus in that six three range and, and and already in that two hundred forty pound range and moves well. Um, and so no, you you those are the type of guys that uh, you know in a lot of ways you can't have enough of because they they can do so much for you in your defense. So there was a few guys that. The coach didn't really get an opportunity to talk about because the signing class added a few players as the evening rolled on. You can find all of those players, their bios, what the coaches say about them, and all their highlights right now at Soonersports.com. What an absolute loaded class for Oklahoma. 20 deep, another special recruiting class, and another 
recruiting class that might still have a few pieces to add to it, so stay tuned. Everyone have a great start to your weekend. Don't forget, assistant coaches interviews tomorrow and the Oklahoma-Baylor Big 12 Championship game coming up on Saturday, commercial-free. If you're not subscribed, please do so at Soonersports.com slash podcast. Until tomorrow, have a great start to your weekend. I hope for you and Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. Yeah.